Hey, what's going on, guys? It's your boy Matt St. Jack. Whether you're an avid anime fan, a wee tadpole still finding your way, or anywhere in between, I'll be providing my opinions and insights on anime old and new. Think Yelp with help from friends and producers from other shows weighing in. I know you can't wait to hear, and I can't wait to tell, so let's get to it. This is Matt St. Jack with Anime Talk. Let's go. Yo, 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 what's going on? It's your boy Matt St. Jack back at it again with the White Vans, but no White Vans as always, guys. But back at it again with another awesome episode of Anime Talk. Today, there are no guests. Uh, it's just going to be my voice. I hope that you guys enjoy and like this episode. Um, so today, I'm actually going to talk through an episode that I dubbed. And I thought this was kind of creative because, you know, um, it's the very end of February, which I hope that um, everyone had a, you know, good uh black history month valentine's day all the stuff that happens in february i know that there's a lot that's kind of going on in the world right now continue to be the peace continue to be the light and the, the darkness um but um i i thought this episode was very interesting right so i actually dubbed this episode because if it isn't love and if for those of you who uh may be familiar with this song it was by a new edition i believe it came out in 88 so that was actually a year before i was born shout out to uh, the last of the 90 or yeah the last of the 80s slash the beginning of the 90s babies um but uh but the song basically the lyrics go because if it isn't love why do i feel this way why does she stay on my mind and if it isn't love why does it hurt so bad make me feel so sad inside if it isn't love i could sing that for you but i don't think that you want to hear that um if you haven't heard the song like i said it's by new edition um on the heartbreak album released 1988 but anyway, the episode is called "Cause If It Isn't Love," um, and so basically, what it is, what this episode is, is um, there was a picture that I found. I want to say in another group, in a Facebook group or something like that. I didn't when I screenshotted it. I didn't um, get who actually posted the picture, so I can't give them credit. Sorry about that. You guys know that I love getting my credit, and obviously. Um, when we get into the show, I got a lot of my stuff and I'll, I'll kind of cite where I got some of my information, but, um, but essentially on the top of this picture, it was a picture of four women. And on the top of this picture, it said, when you really love his ass, but he's a shonen protagonist. So you can't tell him until he needs it for character development. Um, sorry about, you know, the a word, but that's why it's more explicit. Um, but, uh, so yeah, basically this, these, this is a, group or a list i guess you could say of women who can't basically come out and just like actively say that they have feelings for this character and if they do say it then it pretty much falls on deaf ears until um he actually needs it uh for character development so before i get into it as always guys thank you each and every one of you for listening and sharing the show without you guys this wouldn't be nearly as fun and or rewarding if you're not already following me on social media you can find me on twitter and instagram at anime talk 12 that's anime talk and the numbers one and two there you will find um updates and news in regards to giveaways and upcoming episodes like i said um as of right now no big uh giveaways the one that's always going to be outstanding is if you want a sticker send you know send your boy a message on one of those social media platforms i have no problem sending you some i got a lot of stickers just kind of sitting around in the meantime while i'm trying to figure out and do with all this merch stuff and everything like that so um 
just, you know, like I said, reach out to me if you want a sticker, and I will gladly send you one. Um, as far as updates or anything like that when it comes to the show, guys, we are slowly but surely, um, and I think I've said this in a couple of episodes, we're slowly but surely kind of working our way towards the end of this season, um, which is crazy because I feel like it just started, right? So this episode should be, what is it, episode, what, 15, 16 at this point? No, 16, 17. No, episode 15. Yeah, episode 15. So can't wait. Um, like I said, five more episodes to go in this season before I take my three-week hiatus. Just to let you guys know, I'll be counting down throughout the next couple episodes. Oh, yeah, and, and there is an update. So next month, um, I think I hinted to it. I hinted at this before, but next month, if you guys aren't already familiar, I normally try to do a Women's History Month um, episode, like special, but throughout the whole month of um, – the whole month of February, of, of March. So that's going to be really exciting. I got three episodes of the four already taken care of um, or taken care of slash going to record. So I can't wait. Can't wait for you guys to hear some of those interviews and anime reviews. Um, but yeah, I'm still missing one slot. So if you listen to the show, you are a female um, demographic and you want to jump on the show and talk about uh, do an interview and talk about some shows that you enjoy, whether you be a podcaster or just a regular listener please reach out to me let me know um and i can go ahead and set something up to make sure that you get up on the show and get a get some some air time um so yeah i think that is it um yeah 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 i think that's it let me know when you guys follow if you like or dislike an episode i love interacting with you the fans and as always there may be spoilers ahead you have been warned shout out to the homie alejandro and i got through that i feel like that's a record time all of that in five minutes your boy is zooming um but anyway, let's go ahead and get straight into the show now that I got that part kind of taken care of. So, like I said, the the premise was because if it isn't love and when you really love him, but he's a shonen protagonist, so you can't tell him until he needs it for character development. So, for those of you who don't know um, and who don't really follow, well, I mean, obviously, maybe you like anime because you're listening to my show. But with shonen characters, I feel like there's always like this moment for them to get stronger, whether it be character or deaths or something like that or some something traumatic that happens but for this specific list it's four females who have a love interest for the main character and they can't really tell this person that they love this person until they kind of need it just because it would kind of mess up i guess i I wouldn't even say would mess up or muddy the storyline because i think that you know again if you've listened to my show then you know that i love the the little not sneaky but the little like off you know off the beaten path like it doesn't have to be mainstay in the show but you know like give me a little bit of romance on on the side but these specific four characters i'm going to talk about today are ones that you kind of need they're front and center in the show for the most part uh but you kind of need them as the the main te- the the um, the shonen protagonist um, kind of goes through their character development. You definitely need them uh, side by side. They they're like the sidekicks, I guess you could say, if you will, um, or the catalyst. Oh, that's a better word. Listen, to, listen how that comes off. The catalyst. Um, they are they are um, they're there. You know, when the the main character, the protagonist, is needing some uh, character development. So. The first character that I decided to talk about was one that I think that I've talked about before, and if not, then you already are probably familiar with, but Hanada Hyuga, 
um, from Naruto, Naruto Shippuden, and Boruto. Um, I, I had a, the way that this was going to be kind of be laid out as a name to show the standalone value and the impact that they had to the overall character development of the protagonist. Um, so the standalone value here. And Sonata comes from a very strong and proud family line, the the Hyuga clan. Um, she has the Byakugan, which allows her to see like chakra points and chakra flow. Um, her brother is Neji, which Neji was probably one of like Neji would have Neji honestly was so OP that they had to kill him off. Um, because if you remember from the the very beginning from Naruto, Naruto uh, Neji already knew from the very beginning he was going to be that guy. Like this show could have been called Neji if it wasn't called Naruto, um, just because of how strong Neji was, how prideful, um, how prideful and proud he was just to be in um, you know a clan member of the Hyuga clan. He challenged Naruto all the time. And still to this day, I think it was like six trigrams, 64 palms or 30 something rotations. It was ridiculous. Like that move. And I'm about to look it up just so I can make sure that I get it right. But that move is still probably one of my um, still probably one of my favorite moves. Six palms, 64 rotations, 64 rotations, 64 rotations, something like that. But six trigrams, 64 palms. There we go. Yeah. Or the eight trigram sixty four palms. Anyway, regardless, dude was absolutely strong. He had like an eight trigram thirty two sixty four and one hundred twenty eight palm. The dude was just absolutely amazing. I suggest that you go look those those techniques up. Um, but yeah, the eight trigram one twenty eight was actually pretty dope. But anyway, um, I suggest that you look like I said, look up some of those the the videos and things like that, so you can see that move just to see how strong and how unbelievably just. OP that this character was but he had like one flaw which was like a quarter size a quarter size I don't know gap in in the back of his vision or you know in the back of it you know his neck where he couldn't see or couldn't protect and somehow he ends up getting you know killed by he who will not be named um I mean we know who killed him if you watch the show and if you didn't I'm sorry that I spoiled that for you but that's what happened to Neji. But anyway, Neji was her brother, so she was pretty. Str- she was pretty strong. She she was following in that. I think hers is like the gentle fist. I think is what her technique is called. Um, and she 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 ended up standing in and kind of like I wouldn't even say fighting pain, but she did step to pain. Like she was she was kind of like yo, you know, I'm not about to just let you, you know, I'm just roll over and take my village. I mean, and she got slapped away, and she should have been a little bit stronger, I feel like, when she was fighting pain. Like, they kind of just completely diluted her abilities down, but I'm going to get to that here shortly. Uh, but that's just some of the standalone value that Hanada had. Um, so her impact, right? It took forever for her to confess her love for Naruto and even longer for him to notice. Um, th- this has been something like people say, you know, love at first sight, uh, which, you know, I guess it is a thing. Uh, but at the same time, like this one was kind of crazy. Like she knew from the very beginning, like from the very moment she saw him, that she wanted to follow with him. Um, she confessed her love in in kind of like hidden kind of tucked off ways even though we all know that at the very beginning naruto was completely you know infatuated with sakura even though sakura said on many occasions she didn't love him and she only loved sasuke which brings me to another to to brings me to my next point right 
Naruto was smart enough, and I saw this on CBR, uh, I think it was CBR Ranking or CBR.com, which some of this stuff is from CBR, and some of this stuff is from fandom, um, and some of this is just me kind of flying off the cuff. Um, Sorry, I didn't get my resources at the very beginning, but uh, some of this is just kind of flying off the cuff and from those various resources. But one thing that CBR said that really kind of made it very interesting when I was looking at it was, like... Naruto, for him to be so ignorant when it comes to um, emotions and, you know what I'm saying, relationships and stuff, he was very much on board when um, when he realized that Sakura didn't care about him, but then it took him forever and a day to realize that Hanada did. That makes no sense. Like, make it make sense to me. Make it make sense. But anyway, um, so if you've already started watching or haven't watched, uh, started watching Boruto, then you would know that they had a family together. So her impact, she also um, is the mother of Boruto and Hanare, um, which is her son and daughter, which I guess they had in the order that most people would want. It was an older brother and a younger sister. Um, so she is their parent. Um, she constantly defends Naruto through and through, which is kind of annoying because Naruto at this point, the third Hokage had a whole family and was able to deal with and take care of Naruto but for some reason Naruto can't do the same thing for his own kids um shout out to absent fathers aka Goku um but um anyway so yeah uh he defends she defends him through and through her character development was completely halted in Boruto and as far as I can tell is she's completely useless like I say this because again if you guys have listened to previous shows you would know that I didn't finish Boruto I really don't have any intention of going back and finishing it just because it doesn't make sense to me how a show has to go back in time in order for it to be relevant and you end up having to call back to the original creators of Naruto just to make your show good in a hundred and something episodes that I started watching on this show, it didn't make sense that like 20, 30, 30 of them were like 20 to 30%, maybe more were all filler. That doesn't make sense about this show. They got way too many characters. You diluted way- Anyway, I'm going on a rant, but it made no sense. The characters who should have abilities like, um, uh, Mitsuki is 10 times stronger than Boruto. There's no reason why Boruto should get stronger than Mitsuki. Sarada, y'all played her down and basically was like, well, because she wears glasses, her, her Sharon gun is not as strong as her dad's. Meanwhile, her mom is a, ni- a medical ninja, so you mean to tell me she can't perform eye surgery and her part out? Like, there are so many issues that I have with that show, and I'm going to get into it at some point. I-, I know I keep talking about this show, and it makes me upset every time I bring it up, but I just don't understand it, and I probably won't finish watching it. Maybe I will, maybe I won't, but I don't really like it. But anyway, her character development was completely halted and stifled at best in Boruto. And like I said, as far as I can tell, she's useless. At this point, she's just a stay-at-home mom. She's the princess of the Byakugan, like her sister is 10 times her little sister is 10 times stronger than she is even though her little sister is smaller than her haven't hasn't had half the the experience that she's had but somehow her sister passed her because they just were like nope we're just going to pull a whole gohan out of this situation or pan out of this situation and just set you over here on the side and make you a stay-at-home mom slash dad it's ridiculous anyway let's go ahead and move on to the next one because i feel like uh i'm already I I felt the red coming over my eyes. Um, but anyway, the next one um uh, was I can't remember Yura Yuroka, Yuraka, um, Ochako. Um, but uh 
but yeah, basically from uh, from My Hero Academia, I know that I know how to say her name, but for some reason I just butchered it right there. Um, she is her standalone value. She is strong, a strong character that can make things levitate with her touch and then release them. Her quirk is a uh, zero gravity, which gives her the ability to nullify the effects of gravity on solid. Uh, targets living and non-living by touching them with the pads of her fingertips causing them to become weightless and float she is able to cancel cancel the effect of her quirk by touching her finger pads together um and i saw something that said if if she if she makes something float that's more than like three tons or something like that or like so a certain weight basically she gets nauseated especially if she's flying already in the air when she does it so um i guess that's kind of a side a side note for her ability um but her impact in this show and in her relationship with deku which hasn't necessarily been confirmed there have been a lot of people who have speculated this obviously we want them to end up together i think that they will but her impact so far to this point is when Deku uh, basically first started fighting at the very beginning. She was one of the main characters who pushed and believed in him. Um, there was a scene when they were in the training ground where there was a big robot that was about to come hit her. And he, Deku basically jumped in and swung uh, his fist and kind of hit like a smash on this uh on this robot ended up destroying it. He ended up breaking like his arm and legs and something like that. Like by using this because at the beginning he couldn't control that ability, but um, he's always kind of been there to defend her. And on one of the more, the newer season, um, there was an ability that uh, where Deku was basically trying to draw on some of the abilities of the previous one for all owners. Um, he pulled out one that was kind of like a black entity. I'm not going to go too in depth into it just in case you haven't watched the new season of my hero, but he pulled out an ability um, that was kind of like a dark entity that almost endangered his friends. Um, and she was one of the main people who helped to bring him back out of that. Obviously he's a, uh, he is just Deku is absolutely like I I do like him. He's a crybaby like most shonen characters are, but um that that ability was kind of cool. But it's really amazing that she's always there to kind of bring him back. Um and you know, she like is holding him and stuff like this and it very much reminds me of like a a civil slash I don't know, interesting variant of like Yusuke and um why am I forgetting her name right now? It's not Kagome. Kikyo. Um nope, not Kikyo. Nope. That's a totally different show. What is that girl's name? Why did I just blank on her name? Keiko. There we go. Keiko and Yusuke. They have a very functioning relationship though. Um and obviously they're not really just mean to each other like that. But they're very cute. And I could see that scene where like uh, Yusuke fell asleep and or yeah he fell asleep after fighting with Genkai and Genkai basically laid him on Keiko's lap I could see that happening in this scene and I think that there was a poster somewhere that when um when in the manga or from the manga rather where Deku was going around um I guess fighting some different villains and things like that and ends up having her sitting there and Deku kind of in her arms and she's kind of like shh like doing a little finger to her lips like shh because you know she wanted she wanted everybody to be quiet or something like that so I guess that is uh, a relationship so it looks like it's going to happen I guess they they kind of shot away from the relationship so far in this show primarily because these are high school 
school kids, which is we know that you know obviously it does happen. Relationships do happen in high school, but these kids kind of are fighting for their life. They're constantly fighting and constantly trying to fight villains. So maybe that's why that's the rumor as to why they haven't put them together just yet. But I can see this very well happening. So. Let's go ahead, and like I said, I'm going to take a quick commercial break, guys. Um, Take a sip of water. You know what I'm saying? Your boy is over here talking up a storm. But uh, please uh, stick around after the commercial break and word from our sponsor so I can go ahead and uh, finish out the rest of this list with the next two characters. Be right back. All right, guys. Welcome back uh, from the commercial break. So... um, like I said, uh, the the episode, the title of this episode is "Cause If It Isn't Love." Shout out to New Edition. Um, but basically, the premise is when you really love him, but he's a shonen protagonist, so you can't tell him until he needs it for character development. Starting off, we started off the show talking about the character, the show that they're from, their standalone value, and their impact to their impact to their relationship with the protagonist. So first of all, we started off with Hanata. We started off with Yuraka. Uraraka I'm going to say that Uraraka Uraraka what? I don't know But um, anyway we started off with those two I went off on a tangent on Boruto It's a good episode already Um, Let's go ahead and jump into the third episode Or the third episode The third character So the third character from this one Is uh, Orihime um, From Bleach So the standalone value that she has, she has an ability, um, I think it's Shunshun Rika, or the Six Flowers of the Hibiscus Shield. Um, They also call it, on Viz, it's the Six Princess Shielding Flowers. Basically, um, her spirit energy is harbored into a pair of six-petal flower-shaped hairpins that her brother gave her. Um, Basically, it's composed of six spirits that reside within the hairpins, each of which is two-petal petals on the clip when act, when inactive only spiritual aware beings can see them they reside in her hair clip which are shaped like a six petal flower through various combinations of the six fairies uh odahime has the power to reject phenomena by denying or undoing events in various forms this power can be used to for attack defense and or healing depending on the combination so i know i got that from um I definitely got that from fandom. Well, shout out to those fandom pages because, dude, the amount of, of depth, and I've talked about this before, the amount of depth and research that you guys provide is absolutely amazing. So shout out to every fandom page out there. If you contribute to a fandom page, reach out to me and let me know because I want to give you a sticker for sure. And if you don't, that's perfectly fine. But reach out to me anyway and get a sticker. Um, But anyway, so... um. Uh, like I said, I know I got that from the fandom page. So her impact um, is she's kind of like, to me, she's kind of like, um, she's kind of like Yuraka in the sense that she has pretty much been there from the very beginning. They've kind of had a friendship for a long time. Um, I will say that in this situation, she's Odahime's fairly decent i don't know from a strength standpoint if she's super strong she's a really good healer though um and she has a couple of techniques that she can use again to attack she has a couple for defense um so she's decently strength 
um, she has decent strength, rather. So the the main thing and the main impact that I feel like Odehime had from the show, if you've watched Bleach, then you know what, exactly what I'm about to say. If you haven't watched Bleach, then I'm sorry, this is kind of a spoiler. And you need to go back and watch Bleach because when Thousand Year Blood War comes back, oh my goodness, I'm going to be talking about that all the time. So make sure that you watch it or else you're going, you know, you're going to get some hit with some spoilers that you won't like. So, um... But anyway, one of the main things that she's that she is um, kind of her impact into this was there's a fight where she's fighting Ukiora, um, and well, she's not really necessarily fighting him, but basically she's around Ukiora, and this becomes a point where Ichigo ends up going crazy at, and using his soul powers, and he ends up going into like this berserk mode, which is absolutely f- fantastic. The fight scene. Look up uh, Bleach Ichigo versus Ukiora, and you will see exactly what I'm talking about. It was an amazing fight, still one of my favorite fights from the whole series. Like, I mean, the fight between him and Aizen was pretty cool. Yes, there have been some other Zanpakuto fights that have been really dope, but this is probably one of my ones that I'm just like, oh my gosh, because it's absolutely amazing, the fight between um, Ichigo and Ukiura, but the reason why it was an impact thing is because essentially, like, she was directly involved, at this point, I think she had already gotten taken to Wekamundo, and when she went to Wekamundo, she was basically being kept prisoner, but she wasn't necessarily prisoner, they didn't, like, they kept her in they kept her in a cell, but I mean, they kind of like needed her abilities, so they didn't treat her too, too bad. It was weird. It was a weird complex. I think Eisen had a thing for her or something like that. Um, but yeah, but anyway, um, but yeah, she was, like I said, she had a huge impact in this series just because she had a whole in- incident where she had a hollow for a brother, then she got the pins, then she was involved and kind of joined into like, this show's version of like the Z fighters. Cause if you think about it, like on, on Dragon Ball Z, you had Dragon, you had Vegeta and Goku. I mean, and their sons were decent, but for the most part, it was them. And then you had like the rest of the Z fighters, the people nobody really cared about, like Tien and Krillin and Chaozu and Yamcha, which I love Yamcha. Again, they did my boy dirty. In Dragon Ball, Will Fame Fist was the stuff, but now not so much. But, um, Anyway, so in this show, their version of, like, the Z fighters, to me, is, like, Chad, Ukiora, um, um, and, uh, Udiyu, and, um, Odahime. They would be kind of like the Z fighter version. They have their own independent strengths, and, and Udiyu is maybe a little bit stronger, um, so he'd be more considered one of the mains. He'd be more like, it'd be Ichigo and Udiyu. Uh, would be like, you know, the Vegeta and Goku of the situation, and the other two would be kind of like the Z fighters. But she's just a regular, I mean, she's a she's kind of a Z fighter in this situation. But specifically for this one, like, everything that she did and everything that, you know, her just being there and Ichigo essentially, like, showing his love and his affection, just his, his, his passion for her and wanting to get her back caused him to go into this dark place and kind of be, like, swelled up and, like, kind of absorbed into this darkness, and that's what caused him to go berserk. So, again, go watch that fight. Watch the show if you haven't. It's 366 episodes. It's a light watch. You can do that. Come on now. Do it in a weekend. I do. No, I'm just I don't do that in a weekend. But just do it. Watch the show. It's really good. 366 episodes. Not bad. Thousand Year Blood 
Blood War is going to come out and you want to watch it because I want you to watch it and because I want to watch it and you need to watch it. We need to watch it. But um, yeah, so that's my third character and rounding it out at number four, um, I chose, uh, well, the picture had uh, Mikasa Ackerman, which I thought was a really good, a really interesting title or tie-in here um, from Attack on Titan. So her standalone value, she's an Ackerman just by herself, like she's already she's just op right there just because she's an ackerman um she's also she also has like mixed blood which i thought was pretty interesting we found that out in um i think it was the final season part one or it may have been the end of season three um but basically she is a fam- she has a family crest that's basically a circle uh with a triangle made of three samurai swords inside of it which is a, hu- a homage to her family shogun roots um she actually has that like etched into her arm apparently her mom cut it into her arm um slash yeah i guess her mom kind of cut it into her arm um and it's been sewn into her clothing and their clothing that they wear the uh, the as the asumabito asumabito um uh, family um, but the Ackerman clan, also known as the Ackerman family, is an Eldian family living within the walls. Uh, traditionally, they were a bloodline of warriors that were that protected Eldia's king. Um, so they ended up, obviously, some things ended up happening. And in the show, I'm not going to spoil too much of it because Attack on Titan is still going. But in the show, it's really important to see how Levi, uh, Kenny, and Mikasa um, all kind of, you get to hear a little bit more of like their backstory and why they were and why they are the way that they are. But super strong by herself just because i mean she is a you know a fighters a fighter's fighter like for real like she is she is ready to go um so her impact um into the show is Aaron saves Mikasa from two kidnappers because at the time because of her her bloodline um she was marked they said she was like a high trafficking item from like child trafficking so uh aaron ends up saving her from two kidnappers that's not too much of a spoiler because that comes fairly early in the show i want to say um however mikasa saves aaron from the third kidnapper so she took that one out um after witnessing han's death aaron is in distress and mikasa begins to thank him and thank him for wrapping her the scarf around her um Again, that's not too much of a spoiler because that's very early on in the show. Um, but yeah, that scarf, man. I'm, all I'm going to say is if you haven't watched it recently, the, the new episode, which I didn't watch the episode today because the the new episode is out. Um, I haven't watched that one today. I do plan on watching it probably as soon as I get done recording this. But um, well, actually, after I get done recording this and I figure out what in the world is going on. I know this is a quick tangent and I'm going off on a side note, but what in the world is going on right now? I was watching the Chelsea game, Chelsea versus Liverpool for the Carabao Cup, and I need to finish and see how that actually ends at the time of this recording. Um, I don't know who won. But um, anyway, after I get done watching this, I'm going to watch a new episode of Attack on Titan. I know I'm all over the place, guys. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that scarf is very important. After Aaron leaves uh, the meeting with the Kiyomi with Kiyomi and Marley, Mikasa uh, 
goes and finds him and Aaron then asks her what he means what he meant to her so he basically is like yo what do I mean to you and she's embarrassed you can tell that she wants to say obviously she's kind of like she loves him and you know he means a lot to her but instead she just kind of smiles and kind of blushes like oh we're family like and that's that's why there's such an interesting slash weird dynamic I feel like I understand why it's on this list but it's still kind of interesting because we know that they're not brother and sister, right? But we know that they were raised together. So she's been there from the very beginning when um, Aaron ended up protecting her and brought her to live with them in their household to kind of be like a sister. They're not flesh and blood. So it's not weird that she likes him. It's just interesting because like imagine if you and your significant other if you're with someone met when you guys were young let's say like in kindergarten and then from kindergarten on out like you decided y'all were going to be together you know what I mean like that would be kind of strange you know like maybe it's just me maybe I I think that that's kind of strange but I think that that's kind of strange like I don't know that's just kind of strange um but yeah, so those are the characters that are here. Um, and like I said, I, I get why they all kind of tie in. This was a really good post. I wanted to give whoever this was credit because this is this was actually a fun thing to kind of research. A lot of this, like I said, a lot of this stuff came off the top. Um, a lot of this came from CBR ranking or CBR.com and, uh, and fandom.com, which shout out to fandom always, always, always. But um. But yeah, a lot of this stuff came right off the dome. And this was really fun to kind of talk about because I didn't think about the impact that a lot of these characters have. I mean, you see it when you're watching the show, but you don't think about the fact that, like, is it love? Like, is it love because, like, Hanada, Yoroka, uh, Orihime, Mikasa, like, is it love because we want it to be a love, like we want it to be a relationship or is it there specifically for character development? Like, let me know what you guys think. Like reach out to me and let me know if you think that these characters are in love or if they're just there to wait until the character, the main protagonist needs character development or needs to progress. And that's when they come in and they admit that they love them. Cause that would be interesting. I'm very curious to hear your thoughts on that. But anyway, um, thank you guys for sticking around and supporting this show again. Um, again, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Anime Talk 12. That's Anime Talk, the numbers one and two. Um, like I said, today's episode was because if it isn't love when you really love him, but he's a shonen protagonist, so you can't tell him until he needs it for character development, um, where we basically track through Hanada, Yoraka, um, Orihime and Mikasa from their various shows and their and we went over what show they were from their standalone value in the show and then the impact that they had with the protagonist slash overall show um make sure that you guys follow me like I said on those social media handles again at anime talk 12 that's anime talk together and the numbers one and two 12 um reach out to me let me know if you guys like or dislike the episode as always shout out again to Germany for holding strong five um five percent of the ratings. I think like I said, can or yeah, Canada I think is at two percent right now, and Brazil is holding strong at one percent. So shout out to all of that. Like I said at the top of the hour or at the top of the show, continue to be the light in the world full of darkness. I hate and I'm praying for the fan the friends and families and loved ones of people who were over in Ukraine, um, and what's going on, you know, with the the whole Russian situation. 
I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm going to play sides on either one of those situations. I'm not very political in any way, shape, or form. I just hate the fact of a loss of life. So continue to keep those fans, those uh, families and things like that in your prayers. And like I said, guys, continue to be the light that shines um, in this world full of darkness. Have a great week. I look forward to, like I said, talking to you guys going forward, wrapping up this season um, with some amazing content from some women um, producers from podcasts or just women in general. Again, if you're thinking about if you would like to take that last uh, slot on the show, excuse me, for my last episode of my Women's History Month, reach out to me on one of those social media handles. Let's set some time aside. Let's record. Like I'm down to just bring any, you know, some Jane Doe's on if you want to. Let's go. Just jump on the show. Can't wait. Anyway, this has been Matt St. Jack again with Anime Talk. I hope that you guys have a great week. Peace.